Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 36. Donald Trump saves a turkey. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome to Thanksgiving week. Do you guys have Thanksgiving in Europe? <laughs> we gave you Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. we, sent a load of zealots, we sent a load of zealots on a boat, and that's why you celebrate the holiday. Yeah, I mean, technically, it should almost be more of an English holiday than it is an American <laughs> holiday, because you you broke ties with those that group of people. <laughs> how, many, how many Americans do you think believe Thanksgiving is a world holiday or world celebration? I'd say very few. Really? I, I What's usually very with few? Americans, usually with an like American, percent depressingly high uh, amount. Under 5%. I think it's higher than 5%. I mean, they call baseball the World Series and it's just America. Oh, <laughs> that's but, but right. that's not why they call it the World Series. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> so they call it the World Series because I think it was the New York World or whatever was the original sponsor of the World the News. The I World think. News, yeah. The, the final of the baseball season. And so it was it was called World as like they were the sponsor. So it could have been the Gillette series, hypothetically, right? And then oh. after they went defunct and no longer sponsored it, they thought it just had a good ring to it. So they kept it. Okay. But that yeah. is, so baseball is, you can defend baseball calling itself the World Series. You can't defend the NBA calling the winners the world champions. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care about NFL. They call them the world champions, but we all know that like whoever wins the Super Bowl would have beaten any football team from anywhere else on earth. So I'm okay with that. But basketball, sure? but basketball and ice hockey, it seems a little bit iffy. Oh wait, I don't think hockey champions. calls them the world champions. They usually call them the Stanley Cup champions, and they probably do that because of what you're saying, because they understand that there are pretty competitive leagues, at least in like. Scandinavian countries, Russia. Yeah. But definitely so, not basketball. They're arrogant. Uh, okay, that's a pretty good question then. In which competition, let's go straight into it here. I mean, in which competitions do you think an American champion team, or I guess, or Canadian, could be beaten by a non-North American team? MLS. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call themselves champions. <laughs> they just call themselves MLS winners. <laughs> Lucky losers. <laughs> um, the best of the worst <laughs> i mean look theoretically baseball unlikely but theoretically a japanese uh, i don't or, know a japanese oh, or korean japanese team. and the cubans oh what can beat them yeah yeah okay yeah. okay yes, yeah yeah agreed. could could it would be the the world series champions would be heavy favorites but there is a scenario in which they lose to like the best japanese team or best korean team or best dominican team or something like it's possible. Um, yeah, ice, unlikely, but possible. Ice hockey, possible. Yeah, I think ice hockey could be, especially a, a really good KHL team, the Russian League, because they, I mean, a lot of the players in the KHL, they'll play there for a few years and then and then come over here and be top draft picks. But, you know, so they already have some of the top talent playing for that team. And, and you combine that with some of the later stage players were kind of towards the end of their career and instead of trying to grind it out in the like third fourth line of the nhl can go over there and make almost if not more money so they have a good mix like the top khl teams are pretty competitive and maybe like the top 
Swedish team. And especially because it's the the rink is a little different size too. So if you factor that in, it's kind of like the whole Mystery Alaska. You ever seen that movie, Mystery Alaska? No. Oh, there was some Mystery Alaska? No. Oh, come on. It's where the New York Rangers go to play this like Alaskan pond hockey team. And they set up like, so it's like a, it's, they're not playing I mean, in like Frank, a regular arena. They're playing on like a two, pond hockey. We've had two episodes specifically dedicated to sports and TV, like TV movies. And yet you've yet to mention this. So I don't know why you thought. No, I think I mentioned Mr. Alaska in the first thing. Russell Crowe's in it. Oh, the, the gladiator <laughs> himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does he reprise his role as Maximus? <laughs> Maximus the cold. He calls his team like commander of the Felix legions of the north. <laughs> you know what I've done though? I've, I've just given Frank the floor to talk about ice hockey again. And I'm really yeah, that was regretting it. Yeah, I've, yep. I'm done. All right. And that's it for us today. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think that's basically it, right? Like American football. NBA. NBA yeah. NBA possible. Unlikely, but possible. Where? Or like a Chinese team. A Spanish team or a Turkish? No, Chinese baseball is atrocious. I encourage you to go on YouTube and watch it. It's really funny. But uh, and like I you mean, get you Jimmer, could... you get like Jimmer Fredette going over to the Chinese league and scoring like <laughs> sixty points a game. So that kind of shows the level that it, it's at. But I mean, you could give the example of the Olympics and the World Championships, right? When the U.S. has lost, and that yeah, was the best those... U.S. team. You know, like a high. Oh, I remember that. High level players. Yeah, although the teams they're playing against usually have like two or three NBA players, right? So it's true. But the best Spanish team or the best Turkish team or sometimes the best French team or the best Greek team might have a chance, but highly, highly unlikely. Does the Greek team have Vasilis? They wish. Probably also, this is the thing, probably depends what rules they play by too, right? So... Like street rules? <laughs> like call your own foul? Two, two v <laughs> Two v two, first to twenty one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Call your own foul. Take it past the three point line. <laughs> American football, no way. No, I mean the only scenario, I guess, the only argument you could make is if you and I mean I think this is the most ridiculous argument of all time. But if you tried to, like I hate when this happens every other year. I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened this year yet with the Jets when they start going. Would Ohio State beat the Jets? Oh, they, they have. Played? Have they? Oh, I haven't oh. seen any of that Oh, it's yet. been all over like the past three weeks about Alabama. Could Alabama beat the Jets? Oh, I, have, I haven't seen any of that yet. Thank God. It's the dumbest argument ever. But I get, But fundamentally... I I'm starting to think maybe it's not the dumbest argument ever. <laughs> no, why, is it, why is it dumb, though? Like, is it just because it's such a mismatch? Because you have to think that even if the Alabama... like even if you think really, really highly of the player, like the team that the Alabama roster, say they get 30 NFL players out of their current group who keep a job in the NFL for more than two years, then out of those, how many of them become legitimate starters? Let's cut it down to maybe 20. And then how many of those 20 become legitimate, like NFL, you know, kind of, I say stars, but using the term loosely, you're maybe on a, I mean, amazing if there's 10 of them, right? Like who came out of that? And then you factor in that they're younger, smaller, not as fast. Like 
they just fundamentally be overmatched. Like you have to think that the Jets, the Jets are but, all great college players who made it to the NFL. But are they? That's see now. This is where you can kind of get into a slight debate. How many Jets players would be starters on other NFL teams? Because I, I always make this argument about with my dad about the Giants. Last year or two years ago, the entire Giants defense, I would say one to two of those players would have been a starter on another team. We had about the Giants had about nine to ten backups starting on their defense. It's always hard to tell, right? Because sometimes, particularly with defensive players or with linemen, some guy is terrible for a little bit, then he goes to a better system, a better team, and then suddenly he's an all-pro player. Like to me, it's very hard to judge that. Um, but I mean, take the Jets, Joe Flacco. You just drop him into college football. Is he the best quarterback in college football today? Probably. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. Uh, he no. probably is dominant. <laughs> You'd have Joe Flacco just throwing seventy-yard touchdowns. It would be just people would be. I mean, imagine the scouting reports you'd get coming off of Joe Flacco. But that to me, I hate that every year when that pops up. I mean, I hadn't seen any of it this year, but every time that conversation comes around, I think it's just so ridiculous. But the only argument you could make as to who could beat a NF, like a, a Super Bowl champion is to stay within America, but say, no, it's not an NFL team. It is a college football team. That you spin well, a scenario that if Alabama played Kansas City – a hundred times does Alabama win once maybe well I, I mean let's take last year's example would actually be a really good one to compare and if you took LSU so LSU had five players drafted in the first round that would just be that year and then let's take let's just go out two more years. So you have the seniors and then you have the juniors and some of the sophomores that were maybe starting. You probably have another four first round draft picks. So on that team last year, starting, you had anywhere from five to nine first round draft picks. Yeah. So that's a pretty good amount. Your quarterback is the number one draft pick who potentially was going to be rookie of the year. RIP. <laughs> dead but he was doing well while he was alive can we can we, we quickly bring up duke a curse on this one because how's that duke a curse you insisted we did a rookie of the year debate six days oh, later six days later he, he tears his acl mcl and has structural damage to his knee no i refuse to take that i'm no. gonna give it a mild duke a curse but I mean, you, also instance, said, if, you also said, or is it Tua gets benched? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> he, he sucks. <laughs> I mean, Herbert better be watching his back. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give Herbert any praise anymore because I'm really nervous for him. It's probably why he shaved, like cut his hair because he's probably like, maybe I can shake the Duke of Curse if I'm unrecognizable. <laughs> like maybe the spirit won't know who it is. Is this like final destination? He's exactly, trying to like skip yeah. his turn of death. Yeah. yeah. He's like, don't Maybe get we on that hire... field. Don't get on that field. Yeah. Do you but... think we should sign this really long haired guy as our backup punter? I think we need this guy just hanging around the facility a little bit. So, if you, all right. If we go back to LSU, you have Burrow as the starting QB. 
you have Justin Jefferson, who's probably the top rookie wide receiver right now. Um, is the wide receiver. Books, not after his crucial drop yesterday. He can <laughs> he can go fuck himself. <laughs> running back was Clyde Edwards Alaire. So you have a, a pretty decent running back. And then your defense, you had um Chasen, the linebacker who plays for the Jaguars, is doing pretty well. And then Patrick Queen, who's starting for the Ravens, and Grant Delpit at safety. So you have right there, you have six solid players that are probably going to be major impact players in the NFL. Yeah, you I mean, that's a pretty good team. How many, how many do you need? How many remaining? Another, another 16. Uh, okay. Yeah, another 16. Well, no, but they still had, let's see, they still had what? Four more drafted, three more drafted in the first round, and then another three or four drafted in the second round. And that's just the ones who went out. And that's before into we the draft. On, that's before we even get onto what the where special where uh, college football teams would get really killed is special teams. Well, as long as you have a kicker that can kick to the end zone, then they just fair catch it. <laughs> and what they can only kick field goals from like thirty-five yards out. That's true. So I mean, that's where. And also, you just have to assume, right? The guys playing special teams in college versus the guy playing guys playing special teams in the NFL, you're going to see a mismatch there in in speed and size. Like that's going to be an issue. I just think if you took LSU's team last year against the Jets this year, I agree the Jets are are decent favored, but maybe minus five. Five point. I'd favorites. just like to see one year an NFL team get really tired of this argument and then just go, you know what, guys? We'll call out an exhibition. <laughs> let's have this game. Preseason. It'd be great. Let's, let's go play this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to – like money goes to charity or something. And especially you could definitely do it too if it was like an in-state game. You know, like if the Miami Dolphins wanted to play like Florida and they just did it that way. could be a huge event. Yeah. And then just settle this debate fundamentally once and for all, because once one college team absolutely got their asses handed to them by a bad NFL team, we'd be like, okay, this is over. Yeah, because that's, that's, reason... that's how sports arguments work, Eddie. After the first time it's settled, no one ever re-argues it again. It never gets kind of hard. I'm sure it's kind of it's kind of hard if you're like, well, I finished 73 to three. We'll get them next time. No, because you know, two years later, so I'd be like, well, that was a shitty team when you look back on it. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> but maybe talking about bad teams, an opportunity us to, for us to speak about uh, two teams that supposedly played their Super Bowls this weekend. And what we found out is those two teams are just as bad in the Super Bowl as they are in regular season games. Listen, I will actually slightly defend the Jaguars because I watched a good portion of that game and it the first half was a lot closer than it ended up being and there was a point where the Jaguars were about to go up a touchdown and then idiot Jake Luton had to do some try to do anything more than just hand the ball off and threw a pick and then these ensuing series they had an easy pick six off of ben roethlisberger and dropped it and then they scored and then they drove down again and then lost the ball again like it was had had the first quarter played out slightly different i think the jaguars could have been up at least a touchdown and it could have completely changed that game the way it ended up is luton just is an absolute atrocious qb 
and ended up putting themselves in a terrible hole. But there was there was a slight chance there at the end of the first, middle of the second quarter where things could have played out a little differently. Okay. I mean, there's so many qualifiers there for how that game might have been close in a different universe. I mean, it you're, it was 27 to 3 in the end. Isn't yeah, the, they, the second the second half was they were done. But going if they had went into halftime either up or tied, I think that game plays out differently. But that's, as it is, they went you, up you, you can't down do 17 3. You you can't say that if a team goes in ahead, it will be different <laughs> because yeah. Yeah, but what have. I'm saying is what I'm saying is oh, sorry. What I'm saying is if you watch that first half the Jaguars did. did not play that bad. I mean, he threw a pick in the end zone and then missed a pick six off of Ben Roethlisberger. That's a 14-point swing right there. But don't you think, Frank, that fundamentally all you're saying is that any team in the NFL can put together a couple good drives or put together a good quarter. But the, fun, the thing that separates a good team from a bad team is putting together several good quarters and definitely not putting together like having a horrific one. So you're basically like, well, if they played their best for four quarters, this game could have been close. It's like, if they played their best for four quarters, they'd be the Kansas City Chiefs, but they're not. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 I I agree. And I mean, what I'm saying is obviously they would have had to play their absolute best to even keep this close. You're absolutely right. I mean, they couldn't. So for instance, the Chiefs, Mahomes threw a pick at the end of the first half and they were still good enough to come back and win that at the end last night. Obviously, the Jaguars are nowhere near that. They would have to have played a perfect game. But what I'm saying is they went into halftime down 17-3. There was a very possible chance that they could have been going into halftime up 17-3. And I think no, that no, puts no, a no. full different no, spin no, no. on it. You're, you're putting, you are putting a, a 34-point swing on this game. Yeah, I'm because sorry. all right, sorry. listen, sorry, listen, sorry. all right. Well, actually, it probably would have been like seventeen ten. All right, they were okay. down ten three. Seventeen. They were down ten no, three. Frank, Frank, you've told us you've we've gone over these plays. Now you've done it three times, and I watched the game, so I I understand what you're saying, but you could do this for basically. I could justify then never being wrong on an NFL game because I'd be like, well, well you usually do. If they didn't have that blocked punt, if they didn't, if they didn't turn the ball over that time, if they didn't do this, if they didn't do that, like, yeah, most NFL games are decided by what six to ten plays fundamentally, and yeah, the Jags got all six to ten of those wrong. That's why they're terrible. Yeah, I understand that. Well, first off, let me let me strike back on your comment. Every week, I have to hear. Well, I made the right pick, but the team just lost. I have to hear that Not every always. week from you. Not always. Yes. So, I, I, so you do that all the time as well. I, no, no, no. I Second do consistently. No, 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 no. What? Here's the difference. <laughs> I, will, I will, like, for example, take the Vikings-Cowboys game. The Vikings clearly the better team and should nope. have won that game. No, but the Dallas being, won, didn't they? Okay, it was three this. to four plays that changed <laughs> the game. You know, you're 100% Three to four right. plays that the Vikings the, didn't do right. The difference is that, say, with that one versus me getting wrong, um, Baltimore, Tennessee. Baltimore, Tennessee, like my my opinion on Baltimore is just fundamentally wrong at this point. Like they, not that I thought they were very good going into that game, but they are just not a good team. And so that's the difference. Like I'm not going to say like, well, if they done, if Lamar Jackson had just got a touchdown instead of a field goal at the end of that game, it's game over. 
So, okay, Baltimore, better team. I'm not going to spin it that way. Frank, how are you going to spin the Lions in this way? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I God. can't. The Lions were terrible. That if was they just, If you just looked at the plays and they scored 45 more points, they would have won. I would honestly say the Jaguars played a better game than the Lions played. The Jaguars were closer to winning that game than the Lions were before they even started the game. That was awful. Well, good news. You get to watch them again in 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And we'll, too. So we'll, we'll get into this a little later because I think it'd be cool to talk about, you know, like the Thanksgiving games and the tradition and all of that. But one of the things I think that needs to change is having the same teams play because it's tradition, because it just ruins some of these games. I don't want to watch the Lions. I don't want to watch the Cowboys play. You know, like, give me good games. It'd be so much better if you had three quality games to watch instead of having to watch the Lions because they play on Thanksgiving. It's so annoying. Well, I think we may as well then just get into the, I mean, I think we may as well get into the holiday, best holiday sports discussion there in a way, because that's actually, I agree with you there. That's the thing that stops Thanksgiving football from being my best holiday related event is that two out of the three games are, you know, going to include a certain set of teams, well, two teams. What is it? And Dallas, so, Washington. No, it's just Dallas and Detroit. Oh, okay. I was thought it was Dallas, Washington was the game. Because it was always allowed because it's divisional. But No, it's usually always just the Lions and the Cowboys are the two that play. Where did that tradition so start? So the, the, the Lions have played every... I was going to tell you. They've played every Thanksgiving <laughs> since 1934. <laughs> That's... With the exception... This is weird, though. So with the exception of 1939 to 1944. So really <laughs> since 1944. <laughs> Oh, wait, why is this weird? You've just named World War II, Frank. <laughs> like no, I know, games. but it's like, like they say they've been playing it since 34, but then there was like a five-year gap where they didn't play. So Yeah, but I think probably there were no NFL games. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's a surprising lack of young men in the audience at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did a league of their own. They had the women play yeah. <laughs> in skirts. I like this. You'd be like looking at it being like, Bayern Munich have dominated the German League apart from 1914 to 1918, where they won nothing. <laughs> and the Cowboys have been playing since 1966. Okay, better, better, better one. Why? But why do they? Like, I thought there would be a reason, like, I don't know, like the Cowboys. So for the Cowboys, thing. yeah, for the Cowboys, it was because they were really bad and they couldn't draw fans. So this was one of the gimmicks was that the manager like begged the NFL to schedule a Thanksgiving game so they could get a popularity boost. And apparently like it worked. They sold like over 80,000 tickets their first Thanksgiving game. And then since then it was kind of, I guess, just stuck and they let them keep doing it. I don't know why the Lions, but I know that for the Cowboys. Lions, same thing. First owner of the Lions, George A. Richards, started the tradition of the Thanksgiving Day game as a gimmick to get people to go to Lions football games and to continue a tradition begun by the city's previous NFL teams. So, yeah, just as a marketing ploy. And yeah. as a result of that, we are all forced to watch them <laughs> every year. 
but I agree like to me, cause we were, we were obviously discussing is Thanksgiving day football. Is that the best kind of holiday related sporting event? And I really like Thanksgiving day football. I've got two problems with it. Two reasons why it's not my number one or two reasons why other events beat it. So the first is that, is that you aren't guaranteed necessarily any great games. And this year is the best example of that. I mean, the Steelers Ravens game is good although not as good as it might have been because the Ravens don't look great. And then I guess you can argue that the NFC East game is kind of, you have to watch the it. First because, place battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, it, yeah, they can sell it that way. And you kind of need to pay attention to that because one of them might end up being a playoff team. So there's that spin. But, the, but for me, the other game is a battle of my two favorites. The Lions versus the Texans. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> oh my god, the, what a Thanksgiving Day present that is for you. Christmas literally <laughs> came early for you. I cannot wait. You get to have Texans one of making your, their playoff run. Oh wow, for twenty twenty two. Yeah, putting in the bit early, getting all the primaries in. This is just preseason <laughs> for them now. <laughs> But that's my first reason why it is. And my second reason, I think it actually gets beaten by sporting traditions that fall like the day after the holiday. So the big one being in England, Boxing Day, which is still a, a bank holiday. holiday. Yeah. So you're still not going to be at work. So there's a, but which fundamentally, right, most people don't go to work Ooh. on the Friday after Thanksgiving either. Ooh. It's not I a holiday. I used to work in a bookies, Eddie. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was the polar opposite for me. <laughs> no, no, but most people don't go to work on Boxing Day. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm just messing, but I, but I know where you're going with it. But to me, in a way, that allows you to focus like the Thanksgiving or Christmas. Like, I think people would maybe enjoy it more if Thanksgiving you just focused on eating the meal and kind of spending time with your family, obviously, unless you hate spending time with your family, but you do that. And then the Friday when you're kind of recovering from your holiday and you're relaxing at home, then you've got three NFL games to watch. And to me, that's what's great about boxing day is you have the Christmas day, you spend time with your family, you eat too much, you drink too much, you kind of have that all. And then the next day you wake up, you don't really want to do a lot and you've got football on, horse racing on and to me that beats it in that respect is that the timing on as like the hangover day of entertainment is better than kind of getting in the way of the real festivities yeah did you did you have any christmas traditions like for me when i was younger i used to go out on christmas eve and get absolutely wasted and then have the worst <laughs> christmas day <laughs> you started you when you were like 10 <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger, I said, not when I was young. Um, How young? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 11, 12. <laughs> when I was seven and eight, we used to get wasted also, on eggnog. Also, you say tradition as if like you're, it's a family tradition. No, so, we had they... to, so actually, it's, it's kind of become one with my family, though. We go to the pub, like our local pub, and we get absolutely ruined, or at least kind of the men do. I guess. And then we Sexist. just have Christmas Day. It's always like a family. Christmas Day is family. Boxing Day, I always consider like friends because of the amount of sport. Like going on to what Eddie was saying in the UK alone. So, Frank, not even including like Irish racing, French racing, anything like that. 
in the UK, you've got usually about 11 to 12 meetings on the day. That's crazy. And you get to this point where there's a race in the afternoon. So what is it between like 11.30 and 3.30 going off nearly every five to 10 minutes. Like Are there UK. even 11 jumps horse racing tracks? Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, tons. Yeah, yeah there's, I'd say maybe. In England? Maybe more. Yeah, yeah. And plus, you've got some all-weather racing, too, I think. Yeah. But I think the other th distinction, too, is there's high-quality racing. So, again, it's not yeah, just, for sure. here, watch Christmas this bad. Yeah. It's not Boxing Day. You've got the day off. Here, watch some crap horse racing because you got nothing better to do. It's like, oh, no, here's a couple of the best races of the year for yeah. jumps racing. So you, you should go out of your way to watch this if you have any interest in horse racing. Yeah. Referring to the Christmas meeting at... Kempton, of course. It's yes. fantastic. What Christmas hurdle? Um, the King George. So it's King George Day. I'd say the King George, right? Yeah. But um, I, um, for me, I'm. I, about, I actually, and doesn't the, doesn't the Premier League have matches too? Yeah. So yeah. the Premier League does it the way that Thanksgiving sport in the US does it, where it's got like kickoffs, live coverage kickoffs staggered throughout the day. So like the mm -hmm. first one starts maybe around midday, and then there's an eight o'clock kickoff. So you've got like four games going through. So, yeah, for me, not being American, like the Boxing Day UK is unbelievable in terms of like holiday, holiday sport. Don't know what what's, you your, what's your preference, Sam, from footballing perspective? Because it kind of ties into the same concept for me, which is the hangover recovery uh, sporting distraction. <laughs> not that I get horrific hangover. I'm just saying like I'm hanging hangover as in like the day after. Um boxing day or new year's day because obviously new year's day you also have football and it's another nice doing nothing sitting you just sit at home and you've got six seven hours of sport to distract you i actually usually am at the horse racing on new year's day because there's a traditional meeting in exeter which is uh, near where i'm from so when i'm down with my family we we sometimes go up to exeter for new year's day um, usually it's pretty good racing. There's like one or two cards that Exeter has that's... Exeter's one of those kind of race courses where you'll see someone like Bristol Demai go off at one to six in like the first couple of races of its season or something like that. So it's a pretty good test to see what it's doing. But so usually one of my traditions is going to Exeter. So I would probably say that Boxing Day still kind of holds, holds supreme for me in that respect because there is... I mean... <laughs> As a gambling man, Eddie, Frank, you two must like blow up. Like there must be a part of your brain that just kind of like explodes that you can't keep up. Well, what I love about it is, because you know I like uh, basically packaging in good odds-on shots into a big accumulator. And no. Boxing Day gives you the ability to throw in like seven or eight things that you feel pretty good about where you're not having to say like this horse is one to two, but I don't know that much about it. And I don't know why it's racing here, blah, blah, blah. This is like, no, this is a high quality horse and I can take Manchester city and I can take Liverpool. And then if I want, I think it's Punchestown that starts Listen on to the him. 27. Listen 27th. to him. He's like, a, he's like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> so you, you can usually, you can usually sort of combine that with some of the, some of the sort of Irish favorites at Punchestown on the 27th, 28th. So you can have this nice three day. And then if you've really hit it well, you've also combined maybe one or two teams from Christmas day in the NBA. So you have a nice like four day 
holiday <laughs> festive period that you just pack them all in. And if you win it, then you roll it over onto New Year's Day when you start going college football ball games and Eddie, New Year's breathe, Day football. Breathe. <laughs> I love I love that he was giving like seven selections at unboxing day. It's over in like four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wait until when we get to the Christmas, if we do a Christmas podcast, I'm gonna give 58 bets of the week. So what you got, what you guys were talking about with the soccer, the like which one you like better, the <clears throat> Boxing Day or the New Year's Day? I think that's comparable in the U.S. to the American football of Thanksgiving or New Year's Day because either you go with Thanksgiving and you go more with the better holiday. I think you know you have tons of food. You're with your family and you're watching football and everyone who's there is usually going to watch it as well, which is kind of always fun when it's people who don't normally watch it and everyone can kind of get into it. And usually everyone will have some sort of small bet on or something like that, but you run the risk that the games are going to be shitty on Thanksgiving or you go with the new year's day bowl games, which there's usually, I think about four or five of them and they're all pretty high quality. The only thing that kind of sucks now is they aren't going to be the absolute highest quality because those would be the semifinals for the college bowl game for the college bowl final or whatever it is, whatever it's called national championship. So you're not getting any one through four seeds, but usually you have the Rose bowl will be played there. So you have, you know, good teams. there. usually top 10 teams. The sugar bowl is usually played. That's like top 10 teams. Um, and then you have some other ones that are usually like top 20 teams. So that's a good one too, where it's like new year's day. You don't want to leave the house. You're hungover. Like you're too full and you could just throw on four or five games. So it's like from as early as you wake up to, you know, till you go to bed, there's going to be some decent college football on. So <clears throat> it's tough. I think I prefer the Thanksgiving just because it's associated with tons of food and good food. So that's always a plus. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a different argument though, right? That's non-sport. Um, what we're really forgetting though is the best, the truly best sporting event tied to a holiday which is royal ascot and my birthday <laughs> few things beat when royal ascot falls on june 20th and we're actually able to go <laughs> and it and it coincides once every couple of years with a major sporting football event Yes, now that's true. true. When you get World Cup or Euros plus Royal Ascot, but the plus planets aligning for ready, <laughs> plus maybe Copa America as well. I mean, what a time to be alive! This and boy don't want to sleep. Who knows? <laughs> who knows how often this will be? But a family member's engagement party, <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes maybe even <laughs> Game Six, Game Seven of the NBA Finals. It can really be a big day. Wow. <laughs> trying to think if I've got anything. Usually, so my very, very local track from um, where I'm from is Newton Abbott. And they usually have a race day on my birthday or maybe like the day around it kind of thing. So usually that's become a tradition. But Newton Abbott is a, if there was tears, this one's the lowest. <laughs> it's, it's summer jumps. So of course, it's not going to be like big racing. <laughs> Oh, I it's tears. You, I thought you meant like tears, like coming tears. out of your eyes. Yeah, if there like, were, what is yeah. it like the saddest of the of the race courses? <laughs> it, yes. The only reason it's not sad yes. is because it's in the summer, so it's got like a good feel. 
I tell you uh, what, yeah, after 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 we've built it up so that the podcast can sponsor a Royal Ascot race on my birthday, after that we'll we'll figure out if we can stretch the money a little bit further and sponsor a race at Newton Abbott on yours. Well, if you just empty out your pockets, I'm sure you can sponsor the whole card. <laughs> Should it be like the Big Chill Podcast presents the Prince of Paris's birthday bash at Royal Ascot? St. Oh, James, even, Saint James Palace even, Stakes. Oh, oh, you don't even want to go for like one of the other ones. You're just going straight for like the premiere. No, you go, you go, you, you go even more obnoxious when they're just annoyingly long and the commentator has to say it at the beginning. Where he, so you'll have to do like the Big Chill podcast, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Bring like gold cup. Yeah. I, yeah. I, could, I just love the fact that you're taking on like the Quipco races, the Quipco series, and you're yeah. just like, wow, well, we've been outbid. Soon it will be the big part. The Big Quipco, Chill series. Quipco, Long Jeans, Big Chill Podcast. Right there. <laughs> Sponsoring I mean, all much, your major races. <laughs> how much better does the Big Chill Champion series sound? That actually does sound pretty amazing. But what I love is when you go to these like Newton Abbott style races where sponsoring a race is so cheap that you'll literally get like the happy 38th birthday Derek <laughs> handicap. <laughs> I wonder how controversial they can get. Well, it, what, how controversial like, do you want to get? It's not like holocaust <laughs> no holocaust like, like could you do like a like a screw you Wait. debbie for sleeping with my brother yeah. <laughs> novice steaks <laughs> did you just say steaks? like namaste. Novice. i novice thought that was incredible see i heard that as like namaste but you called it the namasteaks <laughs> well sam speaking about what did you say it sounded like you were talking about controversial, and then you said something like the Holocaust stinks. Like, uh, <laughs> no, we only we're only allow pro pro Holocaust Holocaust sponsors here. Yeah. Well, we'll another one we're, one we're forgetting the the down with the Jews Diamond Jubilee stakes. <laughs> Great. Another one we're forgetting on New Year's Day. Is the Winter Classic? Yeah, that that's one the never. N- that that's one the NHL never, one where they never play outside. Interests, that never interests me at all. When your sport, when your major sporting event relies on a gimmick, then you're in trouble. Wait, what? But is it's the thing? neat. So they they pick a game that they play outside a hockey game. So they'll pick like a stadium, an outdoor stadium, and they'll put the rink in the outdoor stadium, and it'll all just be like whether it's raining or snowing or something like that. They'll play outside. Rain obviously Great. can't have very much, but <laughs> crazy, isn't it, Sam? I I don't really get it. Like I I get what they're doing. It just doesn't seem wild. <laughs> I think it's it's just neat because it, it's kind of a lot of those players grew up playing outdoor, like on the pond and things like that. So it's kind of bringing you back to like childhood. Kind of like a back to basics, back to where it all began. Like mighty. I'd ducks. be way more. I'd be way more interested in it if they literally played on a pond somewhere. If it was well, like really Eddie, M- good thing you said that because they're contemplating trying to figure a way to play on Lake Louise, which would be absolutely amazing. Because Up let me tell least. you, I've played hockey on Lake Louise before, and it was one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> okay. I mean, but I'm assuming they're going to build. I, do, I just, I don't want to see 
50. I mean, I guess maybe they're doing planning on doing this this, this year, right? Because there'll be no one in attendance. That's kind of why they were throwing it out there. But then it also kind of caught on. Could they build some sort of structures off of the rink that people could actually watch in a future one? Because obviously you can't build things because you can't build on the on the lake. You oh, can't put, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, essentially it just becomes a giant game of, like, Buckaroo or Jenga. <laughs> like, yeah. how much can you put on? <laughs> like that penguin game where you break through the ice. Yeah. Don't break the ice. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, to me, I would I would find it kind of charming to watch them just play on a pond with like no one in attendance. Just yeah, that'd be cool. I'm less interested in seeing it with twenty five thousand people on temporary structures around them. Yeah, I mean, even if they were, they probably have to be far enough away that it would look like there's no one watching. But one of the good things about the Winter Classic was. I think it was last year's. I mean, it's, I can't remember. I'm almost positive. One of the players, so they usually play inside a smaller stadium, but a hockey rink is obviously going to be much smaller than a football field. And I think this was the one they played. It could have been the one they played in Michigan. I can't remember. It was Dallas. I forgot who they played. But anyway, so the player from Dallas got ejected from the game, but the walk from the rink to the tunnel of the stadium was a good four to five minute walk <laughs> in ice skates. So he got ejected and then he just had to like slowly walk to the tunnel while everyone just kept booing him for like four minutes. Oh. And there's these great memes of, of them playing like the Curb Your Enthusiasm music as he's walking <laughs> off. It's really good. <laughs> what's, the, um, what's the film with Will Ferrell, uh, Blades of Glory? You know, when they're going through the mall and they just yeah, start, like, yeah. trying to get through on the skates. Yeah. Now here's here's a question kind of tied to this in a way. Frank, do you think that the Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday? So the two in America that people always debate is the day after the Super Bowl and the first day of March Madness. People always want as national holidays. The, so my issue with the day after the Super Bowl is isn't it just a little bit easier to make the Super Bowl a Saturday? <laughs> like I don't get it. That that I, is a fantastic question. <laughs> like, don't get than, it. Like fundamentally changing the business relationship in America. Surely just make it a day earlier. I know they think they like to call it Super Sunday, but still, is it that big of a deal that you change it to the Saturday? Guess maybe for the host city. You make more Monday, M- Monday. Monday. <laughs> turned into Forrest Gump for some reason. <laughs> Jenny, uh, <laughs> best best two sport athlete ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Couldn't shake him from my mind. But um, I guess you maybe make more money by it being on the Sunday because people arrive like on the Friday, and then they don't leave till the Monday. Whereas if you made it a Saturday, people would come in maybe even Saturday morning. They're out Sunday morning. And then you've maybe that argument works, but But you're right. Especially one one of two needs to happen soon. Especially as the (laughs) Super Bowl has more and more global appeal. The fact that it takes place like for, for the two of us, the fact that it kicks off, you know, at in the middle of the night makes it a little (laughs) bit harder to watch. Whereas if it was a Saturday, it'd be like, well, no big deal. Just Saturday night out. 
Yeah, when I when I when I lived in Paris, it was a mandatory Monday holiday for me. <laughs> I the thing I think though, going to talking about the first day of the March Madness, I think people would find March Madness less appealing if you actually turned it into a holiday. Like I think that part of what's nice about March Madness is like you're at work and the games start and you're kind of like trying to keep up with the scores and there's a lot of stuff coming in and kind of the distraction. Make it like a your... challenge. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Can well, you get your work done and find out who the upset was? <laughs> well, you know, it's like when they CBS, right? When they're streaming it, they have that butt so that you can hit like the tab button and it flips from the game to like a spreadsheet. Yeah. So that if you're <laughs> watching. Yeah. So if you're, yeah. so they have like a fake spread, they have like a fake sheet with like, charts and graphs on it and so you can watch if you're watching on your browser at work you can hit tab and it will just flick to that so that if someone comes by it at least looks although i like the idea of like hey john why have you flipped to a spreadsheet you're uh, you work in marketing you're supposed to be writing an article today it's just like <laughs> oh, this is just a great chart yeah and, and the when, other thing too about the first day of march madness is a lot of those games aren't very good yeah. I mean, a lot of them are one, two, three, and four seeds who are supposed to win. And okay, you get the upset, and that's what makes March Madness great. But most of the times, you're not getting the upsets. You're seeing blowouts. So wouldn't you rather want it to be like the fourth round, the third round, you know, like the ones that are closer games? Which is the other thing sometimes sport in England has going for it, which is the attachment of sports to bank holiday Mondays. So the idea that you'll consistently have this as a Monday off, and then they'll they'll plan on having football or horse racing or whatever it is or rugby on that day so you get to combine your day off with good sporting events and usually it is that like they've thought about it as well so most games uh, because public transport kind of semi shuts down on like bank holidays in the uk they try to make all the games derby games so that you don't have to travel that far to go to like a stadium or something like that so they do think about it it is really good um the games you can kind of play apart from that i don't know if they bring that in anymore about the fixture i don't think that's a thing anymore i know it used to be for me in lower league because Torquay always used to play exeter or plymouth but it's ridiculous it's not like you can walk 20 miles <laughs> it's like, it was still tough to go to and they were like well it's local <laughs> really <laughs> unless i get yeah. like horse <laughs> which would be possible in that area I'm actually building it up to be like some sort of hub of like sport. It's like, no, no. I, I think our nearest team of any sort of decency would be Bristol. Probably Bristol City. Plymouth used to be. Yeah. I mean, I guess rugby, you've, you've got Chiefs. extra Chiefs. They are probably the best example, just going off topic, they're the best example of why promotion and relegation from the rugby premierships would still be a thing because they wouldn't be there if it wasn't there. So it's a good example of how it isn't a case of just one team getting promoted and relegated. Like there are teams that can survive and Chiefs are now dominating basically. So I don't have many, this is the only, I guess, interesting one I could find is some of the best games ever played during a holiday. And I just thought this was quite ironic. Wilt Chamberlain broke the NBA scoring record on what holiday do you think? I mean, Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, so I mean, this is so Martin Luther King Day. No, oh, but think, think about Wilt Chamberlain. What do we know about Wilt Chamberlain? I, I don't know. 
<laughs> so that's not a giveaway. I'm going to go Labor Day. <laughs> what does he? What does he famously say? He's done in his, outside of his basketball career. Yeah, but I don't. I, I'm trying to think of what the holiday is that tied ties into that. There's not that many holidays in the U.S. I mean, we could just keep guessing here. <laughs> it's mean, not like it's not like a day off holiday. Um, Nash, Wilt Chamberlain like, broke this career NBA Nashville career scoring Women's record day? on Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's famously slept with a lot of people, Sam. For context, I didn't ah, know that. Okay. So he's breaking records and breaking hearts. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. That was really the only one that was kind of cool. I mean, if that's kind of cool, then that must have been a bad list. It was a bad list. There's not many exciting games have been played on holidays, at least not American sports-wise. I mean, even if I think back in recent years to Thanksgiving Day games, it's I struggle to remember many. The only ones I really remember is when like a result has gone really badly for me. Like I remember the Packers playing the final game, like the late game and blowing a lead. And that was not good. That was maybe six years ago. I remember when they had the Harbaugh, like Thanksgiving day game when the Ravens played the Niners. And then honestly, apart from that, I don't remember many like individual things from, Thanksgiving. Even last year, I can remember the Bills beating the Cowboys. Do you remember that time Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the, won the Bourbon Bowl? <laughs> but I mean, I guess we'll save our previews for our what is normally our Friday episode, which this week will be a Thursday episode. So for anyone listening, it will go live Wednesday evening slash Thursday morning. So you will be able to listen. I know people desperately need our three predictions for that Thanksgiving day game. People really want to hear my insight on the Texans lions. Exactly. (laughs) You'll be able to get that in time. We'll make sure that melt. You might melt because the argument you have to like, it's like an immovable object against an unstoppable force. (laughs) You'll be like, I don't know what to do. Like you'll error. (laughs) You should, you should really just abstain. Yeah. I'm gonna vote tie. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna my bet of the week is a tie. <laughs> wow. I, I would, I would. <laughs> you may as well, because if it's right, it's such a. I mean, it, I, we won't give you any credit for it if it's right, but it would still be impressive. I really want to know what the line is now. Um, I'm gonna say I bet you Texans are favored now. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, you know Texans. Texans are favored. Yeah. But uh, actually, yeah, yeah. Ha- I see did, when I you see when you guys were younger, did you ever play sports on holidays? Because like for, for me, the big one was our rivalry football game was on the morning of Thanksgiving, which then added a nice another nice wrinkle to Thanksgiving was you'd wake up, play your rivalry game. For us, we'd lose and then get to go home, eat Thanksgiving dinner and then watch real NFL football. I don't, um, I feel I like I remember playing like some stuff on New Year's Day as a young kid. And apart from that, no. As a teenager, never. I think I'm trying to think of like holidays, like kind of the Easter period. Like most things actually shut down for the kind of Easter holidays. 
like kind of there's no horse racing on Good Friday, for example, and stuff like that. So I don't think so. I think most things just get left on like a Saturday or Sunday, whether it's a holiday or not. So say if the holiday's on like a Friday or a Monday, it wouldn't change because of that. So I don't really recall any sort of, I may have played like cricket as a youngster or something like that. I'm on the Which holidays, two we but... didn't mention, right? Boxing Day test in Australia. Yes. You also get that. There's the test match that always starts on Boxing Day. So you get to Is throw it Australia, that England? Depends. I think it's usually almost always Australia, England or South Africa are usually often on a, on a tour there. But I mean, it just depends, so the, obviously. It's the Gabba one, years. isn't it? Isn't it usually the Gabba? That's, no, that's the first one, isn't it, in the Ashes? I'm trying to think of the... Oh, wait, it's MCG at Boxing Day, isn't it? I think it's the MCG, yeah. Yeah, it's MCG Boxing Day. Them. Yeah. But no, you, I mean, you, you're always guaranteed that it's going to be against a, a kind of an elite test-playing nation. It's never going to be the Boxing Day test against Zimbabwe. But... <laughs> that's a good one but uh but yeah no it's not obviously it's when the ashes are on then yeah that's a big deal if you if you have a year where you throw the ashes in and the boxing day test match in then you've really given yourself nearly 24 hours of great sport yeah it's just just going off topic to like kind of like moments that give you chills at the start of like sports or sporting occasions or anything like that like repeated sporting occasions like i get I get goosebumps waiting for that first ball of an Ashes series. First ball, first test, the hype, the excitement. Like that is one of the best repeating sporting moments, I guess. Until you see Steve Harmerson bowling and it's... What, when it's like eight foot the other way. Yeah, that was just a downer. Then, you know, series over. Oof, yeah. Yeah, that was tough to take that one. But I guess, and uh, you know what gives me chills when John Madden used to eat his turduncan on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, God. (laughs) That's another tradition that I don't, I mean, I I think it's nice that they do it in the guy eating the turkey leg. I I think it's the player of the game eats the turkey leg. Wait, what? The whole leg? Well, (laughs) they give it to them and they grab it and they just take a sort of bite out of it. Okay, so it's but, not some awkward 10-minute thing of just watching no, yeah. some guy eat you a turkey leg. <laughs> you can't leave until you finish it. <laughs> but, but at the same time, sometimes they make like too big of a deal of the turkey. You know, when they cut to like in the booth, they're all eating the turkey. And then they show like the camera guy. He's got like some turkey in his in his face. And they're like, that's, that's John. He's been a cameraman with us since 1983. <laughs> like he's left his family of four at home, but he's still happy to be with his real family here at the network. Well, that's a bit of an F you to the wife. <laughs> yeah. We all Fuck, you, Debbie. <laughs> Fuck you, Debbie. Fuck you, Debbie. We have to see that a-hole Joe Buck eating his turkey. And just so you know, John's cheating on you. <laughs> With me. Happy Thanksgiving, you bitch. <laughs> Maybe I'll get oh. back and sponsor a race to get her back. <laughs> yeah. Take me home, Debbie. Stay as handicap. That <laughs> uh, would be, dear Debbie, the turkey wasn't the only thing I stuffed on Thanksgiving. Novice sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Juvenile hurdle. <laughs> yeah, it was an underage girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, juvenile fillies. 
But no. that would be a good way to sponsor it. You could do that. Like Eddie can't get his eyes off the juveniles Phillies stakes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like combine it together. Oh, a lot of people used to do that with quiz quiz names, didn't they? With like, the, oh, I I can't wait. I can't but, wait until I can sponsor one with like uh, Katie Duden. <laughs> like, <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh, what a wedding present that will be. <laughs> but no, the the I mean the disappointment this year, I mean, I guess we can react a little bit to last week's football was just his how bad the slate of games is this Thursday. And actually overall this weekend is just a bad set of games. And not been helped by the fact that the NFC East kind of just continues to look worse, even though they actually, in a way, had their best week in terms yeah. of actually a couple of them picking up wins. But it just overall just continues to look more and more depressing. I saw, the Lions. Um, I saw that stat about the Cowboys where it's like, um, this is the first Cowboys win without a QB named Dak Prescott since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> like, Which is... So, uh, do you think a team will finish above 500 in the NFC East? No. Do you think a no team way. that wins goes above five? No Interestingly way. enough, though, look I at mean, the Cowboys have to win running. Out. Look at the Cowboys running now. They're the only team that have got three, all three of the divisional games left. So three potential wins there, right, if they keep this going. They've got to play a Bengals team without Burrows, which now probably looks like a win. And then they're playing a 49ers. I mean, is there a chance there that they could pick up four wins? I mean, I'll say this genuinely, even as bad as I think the Niners are, I'd be really disappointed if the Niners lose to the Cowboys. Oh, but I mean the other four games, because I agree with you. Um, A Burrowless Bengals and three NFC East opponents. So yeah, I expect them to beat uh, Bengals without Burrow. I don't expect them to beat all three NFC East rivals, just because I don't think they're good enough to just, you know, like I think all of the NFC teams are actually semi-competent. They're bad, right? They're, none of them are good, but none of them, they might all be in the worst sort of six, seven teams in the league, but they are, are all kind of shown glimpses of being capable. You know, the Giants look okay. They're able to score points. They keep games kind of close. The Eagles have a lot of talent. It's just that Carson Wentz, is mentally disabled. Um, they, they, Washington is showing itself to be like pass sort defense. of feisty. Yeah, like past defense as well. Feisty. I mean, what else you <laughs> what can describe a, them as? What a description for a football team. They're kind of feisty, I guess. <laughs> I mean, here's the other thing too is, I mean, does anyone want to play Washington? Clearly cursed. If you're a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting that game out. Yeah. I'm just sitting that game out. You might get, you might get teams benching their starting quarterback against them just to avoid the possibility that he gets injured. Yeah. Oh man. That Finley, their replacement, that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen in, in football. He had a zero QB rating, Sam zero. I saw his stats. It was like three for 10. He played a whole half, had a zero QB rating. Well, here's the real question. If I turned up 
would I get oh. zero by default? Yeah, default, you can't yeah. get lower than zero. So, so fundamentally, if I turned up in some really half-assed padding and just Sam the squid there, yeah, yeah, I get zero. If you just take in a knee every attempt, every time you snap the ball. Which would be funny to see the coach is sending in plays and you're just taking a knee. I mean, how does that make Finley feel coming off the pitch and knowing that like a block of wood could have done the same thing? Oh, a block oh, of wood could have done better because it wouldn't like my, have, turned it would have the ball fallen over. down. It would have fallen down and not turned the ball over. I had a teacher in high school. We took we took practice exams for the IB, which was the the international baccalaureate, like the equivalent for anyone who's done. A levels in England or the uh, uh, AP exams in uh, the US. And so we did this practice exam that he then graded just to see kind of where we were. And it's marked out of seven. And you get, you fundamentally, I think it's almost impossible to get lower than a three. Uh, I think you get a two just for turning up. And uh, he handed them back. And this, so he's heading them down back face down. And this one kid turns it over and it's a two. And he's like, the kid looks and he goes like two out of seven. It's not that bad when you think about it. And, uh, and my, the teacher goes, you get two points just for turning up. A dead fish could have got the same score as you. <laughs> it was just such a, such a wonderful assessment of one of your students' capabilities. I mean. That's impressive. That, like, that's seriously impressive. It's almost like in the A level equivalent, you've got A to F, but then you've also got U. Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that they have left out so many letters of the alphabet to get to that point. Like, ungradable is basically if you just got up on your desk and took a massive shit on it. Yeah. Because it's ungradable literally because they can't use the pen. Or you spin it and you're like, this is so good. It's ungradable. The person, the person who was grading this, their brain is not operating on the same level as me, and they were in the, like, I am not in a position to grade this paper. I thought you were talking like, about the shit. I thought you were talking about the <laughs> shit was so great. No, it's like it's like if you took like a physics exam, a philosophy you're, exam, and you're and, no a physics exam, but you're like I'm I'm Stephen Hawking basically, and they're they're incapable. This lowly peasant could not possibly grade my paper. This is what he is telling me. I have this idea of just you saying that it's ungradable, but you're saying you're Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Somehow you have to act it in the well, chair. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Hawking without the computer and the robot voice. Ah, so we got the walking. So we got the walking, talking Stephen Hawking. No, no, not not walking, not talking, not functioning Stephen Hawking. Just me, just me looking quadriplegic in a chair. <laughs> And they'll be like, he's not moving. He must be an absolute genius. How we'll, is give he, him a, how, we'll give him an How a. is he telling us this? He doesn't even have the voice box or anything. It's like, we've just, we've just read him the question and he gave us this incredible thousand yard stare. He's either a complete moron or an absolute genius. So it's one or the other. We're just going to grade him on a whim. Exactly. <laughs> but... but uh, Here's the real question. Do you think Joe Burrow comes back in a way that any way, in anywhere close to anywhere close to the level he was playing at before? I mean, they've got to reconstruct his 
part of his knee, haven't they? Completely, let alone the ACL. Everything. Damage. It's like, like ACL, MCL, LCL. So it's at least. Like so it's at least. What middle of next season? He's back. No, I think he's. I think he's out. A year. All, all nine months to year. a year. He's. He's. Not, we're not seeing him again until. That's twenty 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 two. That's pretty tragic. Like, that's really kind of devastating because it's your rookie year. You do it. You're definitely in the top three of that rookie year, and to have it like decimated by that is pretty. Okay, tragic. let's. We can do it this way. Out of the players that have torn their ACLs this year, which one comes back the best? You have Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, Joe Burrow, Nick Bosa, Devin Bush. I'll skip on Tariq Cohen. Taylor Lewin, we can skip on him because he's a lineman. So out of those, Nick Bosa, Joe Burrow, Odell Beckham, and Saquon Barkley. I'm going to say Bosa. And I'm only leaving. Niners I'm gonna leave, Nation. <laughs> I'm going to leave OB. I'm going to leave. Whoa, be careful with that one. I'm going to leave. Um, I'm going to leave OBJ out because just because of age. So I think throwing him into that discussion is a little bit more difficult because I mean he's what like 29 now. OBJ 28, 29. He was drafted three years before Barkley. Yeah. So. Yeah, getting towards he's in his late twenties. So coming back from a serious injury as a wide receiver when you would think his career would naturally start ending 32, 33, 34, it's it's difficult. It, it wouldn't be the, that surprising if he doesn't get close to his previous level. Saquon's also difficult because running backs are almost irrelevant nowadays. So even if And he and of, he already had like this is his what second major injury now? And you just think that the position that he plays and the kind of impact you're going to take, the risk of re-injuring it is so high. And like having to try and cut and then getting hit and then all that. So I think Bosa is probably the best position out of all of them to come back at like close to the same level. I mean, surely Alex Smith has given them all some sort of hope. Alex Smith's given the world hope. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I guess... There's a lot of examples though, of players that have torn ACLs and come back to a pretty, to a decently high level. No, for sure. I mean, I'm not saying I, Burrow will obviously almost certainly make it back. The question is, A, obviously you're missing out on two years of development at a pretty yeah. crucial stage in your career. So that's a blow. And then possibly reduced mobility, which he wasn't the most mobile quarterback in the world, but still like being able to move around the pocket, but kind of to be Tom Brady and survive in the league requires Tom Brady level skills and game reading. Um, so that will be interesting. Also just, I mean, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, this just sucks. Yeah. Cause you had, you had hope there that maybe you were going to be like kind of good within one or two years. And now you're realistically looking at probably not winning another game this year maybe a one or two game season win win season next year. The positive spin, I guess you put on it is Joe Burrow is going to come good back. Drafts. He's going to come yeah. back with some good drafts. Yeah. yeah. Two good draft picks. I mean, it's true. I mean, that could, yeah, who knows? I, I can't see him coming back. I mean, they say nine to 12 months, but that was a horrific, his knee bent 90 degrees, but not in the way a knee should bend 90 degrees. <laughs> or do the mess. Bengals, 
do the Bengals trade up, get Trevor Lawrence, and, and then just you cut have, Burrow? <laughs> you have Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence on the same team. Just platoon. Maybe. Didn't they release Andy Dalton, the Bengals? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't they have loved yeah. Andy Dalton right now? He got the win for the Cowboys. They're reveling in the Cowboys <laughs> win. I mean, honestly, they probably wouldn't love Andy Dalton right now because them just losing the remainder of their games now is the best thing for this year. Yeah. Now, for next year, thing is, there'll be quarterbacks that, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? Maybe it's someone like Jimmy Garoppolo who they pick up for one year. You know, like there's there's a scenario in which a quarterback oh, of that God standard. help the Bengals. There's <laughs> a quarterback of that standard might come back. There's a guy who recovered from a... <laughs> I'm not going to say well, horrifically recovered, <laughs> recovered from any injury. Now, one guy who uh, who stay in hospital didn't go well for me. My old uh, Kirk Cousins IV bag. Well, it was poisoned this week. <laughs> it might be time to get rid of that IV bag. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I pulled it out. It is. Uh, it's been disconnected. It it ran dry. I pumped some air direct, some just oxygen directly into my veins. But I uh, think that's deadly. <laughs> yeah, it is. It yeah. is, Sam. Can't right. be any worse than the Kirk Cousins IV. <laughs> no. Which, in fairness, Kirk Cousins actually didn't play badly. Like, he's not the reason that Vikings lost. He threw over 300, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was good. The, 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 the killer was that they just couldn't get stops. And then offensively, they had turnovers at crucial times, none of which were his fault. So, I mean, it's the Kirk Cousins IV was, was not the issue. It was the rest of the Vikings team. What really annoyed me about that, too, is like I was the person who, A, believed in the Cowboys for quite a long time, and B, said, I don't think Andy Dalton's that big of a drop-off from, <laughs> from Dak Prescott. And then, of course, Andy Dalton comes back. And he was, I mean, he wasn't spectacular, but he was fine. Another, I think, slightly surprising one was the Packers and the Colts. I think surprising considering the fact that the Packers were up 28-14 and then scored three points in the second half and let that game go, basically. What was it, like 20, basically until the final couple of seconds, really, wasn't it, that the Colts stopped from scoring? Yeah. So, it's, I, I mean, that's, that's the Colts, right? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, though, because that was one of the rare times where the Colts have won from behind. Um, and that was good to see. I, th- I think that's another kind of notch on the credential that you want to say for the Colts because they win when they're ahead because they can rely on the defense to stop it. But can they win purely based on what, what it was and what they do? They scored, uh, what was it? Like they scored on four possessions at the start of the second half and they shut out the Packers for basically yeah. the entire second half. So I, I, I got nothing but praise for the Colts and I, th- I think they'll look pretty good. I mean, if it wasn't for that Titans win, they'd be looking pretty good for the division. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. They, they, yeah. I mean, they... <laughs> is it a yeah or is it a no? My brain is... Is that what you working. want to call our... Is, that's, is that what you want that's to call what happens. That's what happens when the uh, IV starts to run out. Just my brain <laughs> is faltering. I'm critically dehydrated now. But... the. The interesting thing about that game was, I mean, the Packers threw it away. Then the Colts nearly threw it away by just having 
an ungodly number of, pe- of offensive penalties on their final drive. The game yeah. was over. <laughs> I mean, the game was over. They, they, they were, they were, they were basically in a position to nearly just kneel it out, but in the very least to kick a field goal that would have made it a com- not comfortable six point lead, but at least put the Packers in a situation where they needed a touchdown and somehow ended up punting. Like it was just, I kind of stopped watching the game and then all of a sudden the Packers had the ball back down three and it took me, I had to kind of like look at the sequence to figure out exactly what had happened because it didn't seem possible. But that was a game I listened to on the radio. And that's the good thing about listening on the radio is you'll hear the actual announcers for that team. So they don't, so they're very biased and listening to the Colts announcers talk about how they were giving the game away with the penalties was just so fun. Like, Oh, what is it? A flag? Oh, what else is it going to be? Oh, of course it is. And they're just <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Now another team that nearly gave it away. Somehow the chargers went from being just in complete control against the jets to, to nearly blowing it, which would have to been being themselves. Yeah. This is what they do to, from a, for a team that's epically self-destructed several times this year. The fact and it was bizarre to happen because, like, I wasn't watching that game. I watched the start of it, um, and then they were in complete control, so I took that game off, and then I just had the red zone for that coverage. But I guess because the red zone kind of thought that game was over too, a lot of the events didn't even make it onto red zone. And so I, it wasn't until I looked at a score elsewhere, I was like, oh, this game is suddenly a game again. Like, it's a one-score game suddenly. I did that was kind of mind blowing, even though Herbert was, I'm going to say he was fantastic, but he was playing against the jets. So he was good. He was fantastic. I mean, we, we discussed right. Rookie of the season, rookie of the year. I mean, that's over now, right? Yeah, it's done. Mm. He has that now. Uh, well, I will say the only one I think that can push him would be Justin Jefferson on the Vikings because he is in the top five of all receivers stats wise so he's got just, a chance do you just give it to joe burrow's knee <laughs> yeah do, you just give it to joe burrow because he's never getting on the field again yeah the interesting thing about the jets chargers one is the end of the their safety at the end so i don't know if you were watching it so they were up what eight right they were up eight yeah yeah and then the chargers had the ball fourth down and they didn't want to risk the punt. So instead the punter, or I I think it was a punter they put in, took took the ball and then just ran as far back as he could and stood at the end of the end zone to waste the time to run out the clock. But they pushed him out with the second left. So here's the thing is he was an idiot because he literally just stood there. If he just stood on the line, he just stood waiting to be, if he just moved slightly, it would have been fine. And the, the, the smarter version of that, right, was what the Broncos did against the Dolphins, which is, okay, there was only four seconds left, but they had Locke just drop back, like snapped it to him in the shotgun. He just dropped back a little bit further and then just heaved the ball downfield, which ended yeah. up being a completion, which was kind of crazy. Which is but funny. like fundament, fundamentally. Which just like, shows how bad Locke is. 
that he was purposely trying to not hit a receiver with the ball and still fucking hit his receiver. That just shows you how terrible Locke is. Yeah, his accuracy is so bad he can't even miss a receiver. <laughs> but like fundamentally, that's the smarter way to kill eight seconds. The only issue with that is I have seen, I think, one or two times where a person has been flagged for intentional grounding. And then it becomes really bad because even if he wastes the timeout, you can't end on a penalty. So then the other team would get the ball back with a no timed play. If it was fourth down. Yeah. Which it was in both of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, was it in them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 it's true. Be- and they never mention this because I heard the announcer be like, all he's going to do is step back and just heave it. And it's like, no, they'll call intentional grounding. You have well, to be throwing get- towards someone. So you at least have no. to have someone running down you just or step out-, out of the pocket. You have to get outside the pocket and throw yeah. past the line of scrimmage. Right? One of those two, yeah. But the, yeah, the Jets one was pretty funny because he still gave them a second left and then they have to punt. But of course, the Jets being the Jets, they have two options. You can either fair catch it and have one second left to then throw it as far as you can or just do some stupid like run the ball, lateral it, try and make something happen. But the guy just catches it, runs 10 yards, gets tackled, and the game's over. (laughs) He didn't even get tackled. He kind of just gave himself up. Just fell. He just was like, nope. I mean, the epitome of the season, really, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, fundamentally. Uh, Not today. But I'm going to suggest, I'm going to suggest, by the way, uh, an official big chill bet that I think we should all place, which is that I think we should all place nothing significant like 25 pounds on Ben Roethlisberger MVP. Yeah. No. He's he's dropped to 16 to 1 now. So 25 still returns 425. But I think if you play the remainder of the season out 10 times, he wins at the MVP once. It's a weird way to say that. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying in a, in a sense, the odds are, are bigger than they should be. There's value in him at 16 to one. Does he have to win the Super Bowl? Yes. No, it's a no, regular it's season award. Oh, it's, uh, sorry. Award. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he, need, it before. He, he needs to finish that. He needs to, obviously, they need to go 16 and 0. And he has to put in some stats. I think he needs to go 16 and 0 and put in stats or he needs to go 16 and 0 and Mahomes, Wilson and Rodgers need to have one bad game. And he's just yeah, 16 and 0. Because even You'll if he goes 16 and 0, you have a Mahomes 15 and 1 with a much crazier stat line. You have to have the Chiefs lose maybe even two more games. Cuz even if Mahomes goes 14 and 2 and puts in a career best stat line i think he's going to get it the issue you i mean the the thing you have going for you is the chiefs have a tough schedule down the down the rest they have a tough schedule where i think either they lose at least one or in the very least i would be surprised if statistically um mahomes is incredible because you look at the remaining games bucks broncos dolphins saints falcons chargers that's five good Saints could give them the Saints and the Bucks could give them some trouble. Even the Chargers kind of gave them a little bit of trouble. Now, here's the other thing, too, is, right? Yeah, the Chargers just let up 28 to the Jets. <laughs> but here's the other scenario, too. 
You go into week 17. The Chiefs are locked into the two seed. The, the, the Steelers are chasing the 16-0. and 0. Mahomes doesn't play. Ben won't Big play. Ben. No. Rothers. Wait, you, th- you think Big Ben won't play if they're 15-0? and 0? No, I don't think he'll play. Oh, that's why would you risk that why would you risk getting him hurt for two years so, so like, so like, wait so you can be the new england patriots and go 16 and 0 make it to the super bowl and lose like or you be the or you be the indian okay let me flip it on you frank or you be the indianapolis colts who were 15 and 0 lost their final game made it to the super bowl and lose like you can you can do it yeah and way. at the end of the day they're still losers <laughs> like why would you risk getting hurt the main thing is to win the super bowl who cares if you go 15 and 1 or 16 and 0 Oh, I would care. Well, Eddie, that's all you care about is stats. You're not a team player. We all know that. No, but that's the definition of being a team player. I no, winning play. the Super Bowl is being a team player. I will sit out this game, guys, because it's more important that we win the greatest trophy there is than to get some statistical achievement. I mean, it's not oh, wow. a statistical achievement. It is. So no one's ever done. No one's ever done it. 16 and 0. So I was looking yeah, at yeah, it. There so is. the Dolphins did no, it. Not, sin- not since the league expanded. Oh. Yeah, so the Dolphins won all 14 in 1972. And then that's it. Yeah, since the league expanded, the closest has been the Patriots losing in the Super Bowl when they were had gone 16 and 0 in the regular season. But no you know, team. No, 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 no team has gone undefeated and won the Super Bowl, but teams have gone 16 and 0 in the regular season. Sure. Oh yeah, the Patriots went 2007. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then lost in the Super Bowl. But yeah, beat the Giants in the 6 week 16 and then lost them in the Super Bowl. I yeah, he will absolutely play. There's no way they are 15 and 0 and he then they bench him. No. Not Mike Tomlin, not Ben Roethlisberger. No way. Yeah, you're right. Be- Big Ben's not injury prone or anything. And, and, and they have such a solid backup that if you got hurt, it wouldn't matter. Plus, well, here's the other thing, too, is even then you're factoring. I mean, they're playing. They're going to be playing the Browns. So they might be playing the Browns second string. They put Big Ben in for, for a half. Here, Big Ben, rack up 400 yards and a half. Here, Miles Garrett, here's a helmet. Go end Big Ben's career. Game over. I will do a a beer, a pint, and a burger bet with you. If it makes it this far, I would as well. If they are 15-0, and 0, that Big Ben starts that game. How long does he have to play? A minimum of a quarter, but fundamentally I'll, I'll, take, I'll give you a half because I, I okay. either needs to be – the game either needs to be they're clearly losing or they're clearly winning. Yeah, I like that. I think that's so risky. It's so pointless. I went off right, you last we'll time, Eddie, as a squid. I won a Caro- like a Peroni and what was the meal? And, and, and calamari. calamari. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, yeah, you have to turn to a cannibal. But uh, I think we do. We have to do the big chill bet on big chill bet on Big Ben. We sponsor a race called that. <laughs> the big chill Big Ben. It's it's got a good <laughs> ring to it. Plus, we I just have to turn into big. Big Ben for MVP supporters. So then we can get Big Ben on the podcast after they've gone 19 and 0. That is the other reason, too, Frank, why he might play, which is there's only one bye, one team with a bye, right? Because it's, and so. All right. So that's, that's different, though. Then I'd have to reassess. 
because if it's for them to still get first place overall in the playoffs, then yeah, you put them out there because the, the buy is hugely so the, important. So the, the bet is only valid if it's a meaningless game. Yes. If if no, not meaning. Well, according to Eddie, it's not, not meaningless because going sixteen and zero is the greatest thing you can do in football. No one cares about winning the Super Bowl. I mean, like mathematically <laughs> meaningless for the Steelers. Yeah, mine yeah, is yeah, much yes. clearer. I'm taking it no matter what. If they're fifteen and zero going into the final week, I'm not a sissy. I've got very clear, simple <laughs> terms. Frank over there is going to be like, well, not if it's raining. Not if uh, Big Ben got out of his bed on the left hand side that day. Uh, you know, not Who if gets the out game of their bed on the left like hand it. side. Well, if you sleep, this on the sociopath left. does that. <laughs> well, what? So you sleep on the left and roll over to the right. <laughs> I sleep. It depends on what what way you're facing the bed. I sleep on the left hand side of my bed, which I mean, tech would mean technically I get out of the right hand side of my bed when I'm then in bed. If you see what <laughs> I mean, it's gotten very confusing. Yeah. I get in on the left, but get out on, which I guess makes sense. I get in on my left, but get out on my right. <laughs> Let's stop talking. Oh, because you face the other way. I understand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a real <laughs> psycho. Saying. I don't. I don't sleep. I don't get to bed in reverse. <laughs> You're like the like back, like back shuffle into my bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like the cold play. Steps from the morning. Like the... It's like the end of the day. <laughs> Like the scientist video, the Coldplay yeah. video. <laughs> so the only other thing I want to bring up that Eddie and I were talking about off the podcast is benching Tua. Because I just think that is one of the dumbest things you can do where you took out Fitzpatrick because you said Tua gives us a better chance to win. Now, I argued against that, but that's what they wanted to do. If Tua gives you the better chance to win and he's a rookie and you say, well, he gives us a better chance to win and we want him to develop because obviously he's going to be our franchise QB. You then don't two weeks later or three weeks later, take him out of a game that you're losing because you then even quoted as saying, we think Fitzpatrick can give us the better chance to win at the end of the game. Then why are you putting Tua in, in the first place? One, that's just dumb logic. And two, it, he can say all the right things, but there is no scenario where Tua goes home and feels good about what happened and, and shakes off the fact that he was benched just because they wanted to win the game. Because as a rookie, no matter what, you're going to say now, he's going to be looking over his shoulder every week. Like if he throws an interception in the second quarter, is he going to start thinking like, oh shit, I have to really tone it down now because if I throw another one, I might get benched. And that's not how you want, especially a guy like Tua, who, who has a lot of great plays off of instinct. That's not how you want someone like that to play. And that like that pissed me off a lot. And I'm not even a huge Tua fan. But like if you're gonna pick him, ride him out. Let him play. You're a you're a Tua hater. I'm not a Tua hater. You just hate his where he's from and all the people from there. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not no, I'm not a fan of of his um his upbringings. Oh, oh, oh my god, that could have been why didn't you just say you're not a fan of people from why were you like that was the worst way you could have gone with that yeah um i no i look i'm in total agreement with you i i was because it was a game that i wasn't keeping that close of an eye on at the time when i saw i i'd assumed he was injured like that to me that was the only thing that made sense so to then find out that he'd been benched i don't get it 
Now, I don't know whether they feel good or bad about the fact that then Fitzpatrick on that final drive throws the interception. Because obviously if Fitzpatrick had driven them down, tied the game, goes to overtime, wins the game, then Fitzpatrick has to stay as the starter. Like you can't then re-bench Fitzpatrick. Whereas at least now it opens it up for like, things weren't going well for two of that day. We benched him. He's back in. It's it's his job though. Yeah, they already said he he's starting again. Like he, there's no QB controversy supposedly. Yeah, but you're right. Th- how he'll feel like there's at least some leash on him as to how yeah. how short or long it is. Who knows? But it's not like, you know, Patrick Mahomes is never worrying like, well, if I have a four interception game, they might they might bench me. Yeah. No. Agreed. Uh, it's just yeah, and I. Like, I still believe Fitzpatrick, I think, uh, does give them the better shot to win. I mean, that was a game there where you needed a QB to try and make plays, and he, Tua, could not do anything. And maybe a year from now, he can. But right now, it doesn't look like he is a QB that can lead a team. He's a QB that can manage a team. But, yeah, that was not a smart play. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. I guess that kind of will save the rest maybe for the predictions on, on Wednesday. I guess the other reaction to the big sporting events of the weekend where uh, Manchester City lost to Spurs in the biggest, kind of the biggest match of the weekend in in Premier League football, which obviously I thought that City were going to win. And my reason for thinking that City were going to win is because I thought that Mourinho was going to do what Mourinho does and park the bus and be too defensive. He did park the bus. They were incredibly defensive and City just... I'm not going to say couldn't break them down, but couldn't score because they had opportunities to score. So it's not as if they just couldn't actually breach the defense. Um, But I don't know how to feel. I mean, I think we can basically rule out City winning the Premier League. I think that seems highly unlikely now. Now, whether or not Spurs now are serious title contenders, that bit I don't know. I mean, what's their record now? Like 6-2-1? I, same as Liverpool, right? Um, it's too early. It's too early to be saying everything you're saying. The problem for Man City, though, is that this inconsistency that plagued them last season doesn't seem to be going. So based on a season and 10 games worth of data with this team, it's not looking good for them putting up any sort of momentum here to do anything with it. As for Spurs, I said last time, I, I need to see more. I yeah they they beat Man City and Man City weren't clinical enough but also they gave Spurs like the forward line whenever they did get the ball they gave them a lot of space yeah it was it was just stupid it, it didn't make any sense that they weren't pressing the most dangerous part of the Spurs team but they were just allowing them to play whilst not really doing their own pressing either it was it was a dumb performance it was a dumb piece of management I think from Guardiola but the, and not the to thing do that the fr- I thought. I was going to say that the stat that I thought was pretty crazy was through this time last year, City had scored 27 goals, and this year they have 10 oh. in the same oh. amount. This is Guardiola's it's crazy. worst. This is Guardiola's worst start as a manager, like regardless of where he is, yeah. Bayern Munich, Barcelona, City. This is worst start by by a mile, and I I just don't think it's the problem for Man City, though, is... Oh, sorry. The only saving grace for Man City is that Liverpool do keep getting injuries. And there doesn't seem to be, like, 
they're not going to be Liverpool last season. They're like they're the just Niners. It's going to be unpredictability. <laughs> but I didn't appreciate Klopp. Did you see his comment, uh, Eddie, or maybe Frank? Um, he basically said to BT and Sky, you've got to sort out the fixture list because we're only going to end up with 11 players. It's like, pretty sure last season, you're basically saying that other teams need to manage themselves better with the injuries. They got lucky last season with the lack of injuries. They're not lucky this season. And it, Klopp just bugs me. If it doesn't, he's this... He's this kind of happy manager, isn't he? He's happy when it's going well and he's got stuff to say. Or he's like that laugh-off kind of guy if VAR goes in his direction. But the second it goes against him, he, he just comes out fighting and it just bugs me. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I get from the uh, Sky and BT Sport and BBC or Amazon, whoever is covering the games at that particular time, I understand the Champions League mixing the Champions League kickoffs with Premier League. You don't want the Wednesday night early. You don't want the, as we discussed a couple weeks ago, with the Saturday kickoff, that that bit you don't want. But I don't really see what his complaint is this time. Like, okay, they played Sunday evening, but they don't play again until Wednesday evening at home. So I don't really, really understand the issue there. Um. Not to pull the Frank on the City Spurs match in terms of like trying to spin it like how the Jags could have won. But I do think it's one of those games where the the early Spurs goal just completely changed the complexion of the match. And it did set it up perfectly for Spurs to just go, okay, now we'll sit back and try and absorb pressure. And we're not too scared of what this the, this city team is going to be able to admittedly a city team that's missing a few players and that Sterling didn't start and you know. All sorts of things. I mean, they desperately need a forward. This is clear. I'm sure in January they'll address that issue. Um, but they desperately need someone to score goals and lead the line. This having this team of uh, five foot eight quick, nimble players, a full team of them just doesn't work in the Premier League. It just doesn't. I mean, just going back to it, I like, I, I, I get what you mean about the kind of swing as well because of that. VAR, I guess, is another talking point of this weekend. But it wasn't like a single controversial decision. There was everything right and wrong with VAR happened <laughs> this this. No, no, game. I didn't mean specifically VAR. I just meant Son scoring in the first five minutes. That's what I mean. Oh, I, Not... I just meant overall as well with oh. that decision as well. Like those kind of swings matter in football, probably more. I don't know what you think of VAR this weekend, but it's, well, it was already beyond a joke, but it's. So, I mean, then the match in which it was the the biggest issue, right, was the United West Brom match where West Brom were awarded a penalty and then VAR took the penalty away. And then where United uh, got to retake a penalty after VAR ruled that the keeper had stepped off his line. I actually feel like both of the decisions were correct. I think the defender got the ball in the United in the United instance, so I don't think it should have been a penalty. And whilst I'm not in favor of the keeper on off the line rule being enforced when it's literally his back heel is half a millimeter off the line and they go, well, there you go, got to retake it. In this instance, he had leapt forward sort of half a yard, a yard to cut down the angle. And it obviously makes a difference in his ability to make the save. 
So I thought that should have been retaken too. He then did the same on the second penalty, which was the interesting thing. If he hadn't scored, they probably would have made them retake it another time. Um, but it bothers me. Like De Gea had the one against Crystal Palace, I think, in United's first game of the season, where they made him, they made them retake the penalty after he and he was literally. I mean, you you'd have struggled to have put a piece of paper between his heel and the line, and they've decided, well, yeah, okay, this one you got to retake. That one, that's where the rule. I don't like it, but. Also, my bet of the week was ruined, <laughs> slightly ruined by VAR. <laughs> yeah, what was that? The Brighton Villa game. Yeah, Villa had had a chance for a penalty, and then they VAR and overruled it. Granted, there would have been one minute left after yeah. that for them to score another, but they were, but Brighton were down a man, so it, there is a tiny, tiny scenario that it could have happened. <laughs> and my bet, my bet is now voided because of that VAR ruling. Yeah, like, okay, you blame that. You, blame, <laughs> yeah. But for me, what bugs me the most is this concept of the marginals, like, like you say, a blade, like the De Gea one was against Palace, right? Uh, like the opening game, and you could have. You put a piece of paper between it. It's a marginal call, but they gave it. Letter of law says you give it. Matips against Leicester. Like, how is that not? That's actually one of the most clearest handballs you'll ever see. The guy is looking at the ball. He lifts his arm outwards, his left arm, his left hand, sorry. So it's not even like it's hit, like, upper part of the shoulder. He's hit, like, he's pulled out his arm. And... It's not given. Uh, to me, that doesn't make sense. Like that's what bugs me about VAR. It's like if you're gonna do marginals, do them all the time. But also if you're gonna see blatant ones and not call them, why? It doesn't I don't get it. I don't get that when things are referred and why they're not referred, kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And they haven't really explained that. Um I do like at least in the Premier League now, referees are going to have a look at the um, screen more and making the decisions themselves. I like that they've made that shift. Although one of the things that kind of bothers me about that is you've now reached the stage where, oh, the referee is going to have a look. So this is going to be overturned. Like like I've yet, I can't really remember an instance where the referee has gone to take a look and stuck with his original decision. So in a way, it's kind of like getting a video game cut sequence where you're like, oh shit. Like this is, we, you don't have to do this to me. I know what's going to happen now. Yeah, um, you're right. People scream for it as much as they do a penalty now because they know it matters just as much. So it becomes, and, yeah. And it go, it boils down to a discussion we had before. Once you put everything in slow motion, I I think the referee should only be able to see the replays at full speed. Because yes. I think if he's saying, this was my original decision, okay, give me more angles, fine. Give me angles that I didn't have but just show it to me. But once you go super, super slow-mo and then you're starting to pick up on like, well, his arm was in a kind of unusual position or a kind of natural position and I can justify it because I'm breaking it down or maybe he clipped his heel, you know, kind of going through all that stuff. Just show it to him at full speed and let them make their mind up. I, I, I actually don't mind it being slowed down. Like in rugby, obviously they slow it down as well, but I want them to do it the way they do in rugby where they have it on the big screen, because every Premier League club has the big screens to do it, and you hear the referee explaining the process, put them on the spot, 
No, it would be so different though. Because in rugby, people are just kind of like watching Courteous. and you cheering. Would just be hearing swear this words. would just be like wanker, wanker, wanker. <laughs> like, but I, I think that honestly, if referees were put more on the spot for justifying their decision publicly, it would matter. They, they would have to genuinely think about what's going on. Yes, maybe yes, but uh, yeah, we're not at that. And you also have to deal with players then would be coming, you know, in rugby, the players oh. all go away. And when they do approach, they speak respectfully. Whereas oh. in this, you'd have, you know, some, you'd, you'd have Harry Kane. Oh, that was a fucking pen ref, you know? <laughs> oh, in which he wouldn't, the ref wouldn't be able to see the big screen because there'd be seven players standing in front of him yeah. just like pointing at the screen, like getting in yeah. his way, screaming. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you I even, mean, that obviously sucks for football, doesn't it? That's more of a like that's you, you had, that's not a point had, against it. That's a point against football. You, you had Suarez booked a couple of weeks ago in the Champions League for standing in the area reserved for the referee to watch the VAR replay, like in the little <laughs> the little box they have around the tiny screen. Suarez had put himself in there and was talking to the referee as he tried to make his decision. Um, so yeah, the footballers just aren't up to it. But Frank, you did mention better the weeks there. And maybe this is an opportunity just to say we had two losers and we had one winner. So uh, Frank, well you lost. You had Villa to Thanks. win in over two and a half goals. You lost. Had the to over 20. two and a half. <laughs> yeah. You're now down to 40,000. Uh, Sam, you lost. Uh, unfortunately, the Kirk Cousins IV let you down. Yeah, Everything sucks. else in your accumulator won England, Steelers, Chargers, Vikings, Chiefs. But you lost, and that drops you down to 20,000. And I won because I had the Steelers, Chiefs, Saints, and Chargers. And that bumps me up to my 23,900, and now I'm up to 135,725. Nice. I'm going to be getting a loan out of you soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll bet so, my Peroni and Calamari on it. Yeah. Hey, Stop betting the things I have like a watch. <laughs> How much is that worth? <laughs> is that worth 10,000? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll, yeah, exactly. You'll, your kitchen cabinets uh, on this one. <laughs> and then just, I mean, I guess that's a way of us saying England in the rugby looked um, dominant against Ireland. Our house. Um, which was interesting. Uh, elsewhere, France beat Scotland. Um, also saw a really interesting Georgia. match in the in the well. <laughs> in the, kept Wales close. Yeah. Well, uh, scoreline close. It was never really in doubt, but scoreline no, close at least. Closer than you'd think. In the rugby championship, which this year is now reverted to calling itself basically the Tri Nations because. South Africa are not taking part because of COVID. Uh, whereas Argentina have moved base to Australia and New Zealand for four months. Uh, Australian, Arge, uh, Australian Argentina had a tie um, in a not very thrilling match. Um, so overall, rugby back in full swing, quite interesting. And we'll probably start covering that a little bit more as we get towards the Six Nations making a name for themselves at the moment, beating the All Blacks time with Australia. They're, they're doing things a bit more consistently. But the, the problem with Argentina down there is because they've got to deal with three really good sides. It's not even comparable with like Italy and the Six Nations. Like Argentina are good. 
but it's just a shame that they're always spanked by like when New Zealand get going, for example. Yeah, you know what's going to happen to them in the World Cup. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. They, they they'll be found out when it gets to that level. But yeah, on the, on the one-off match, they can they can hold their own, but they can't sort of compete over the length of a full tournament. Also, it was interesting. Barcelona lost to Atletico Madrid. Uh, continued their kind of indifferent start to the season. And, and they're the twelfth, aren't they? Yeah, they're getting a lot of flack because uh, Spanish teams are required to send one player to meet the press afterwards. Uh, Same in international football, for example, same rule applies. And Barcelona chose to send not Messi, not Griezmann, not one of their sort of established players. They sent a teenager who was playing in the match, so it wasn't like totally out of character, but still (laughs) arguably their most inexperienced player which um i think probably shows says a lot about the characters within the team and i always thought it interesting in the like messi versus ronaldo debate i think you would have had ronaldo out there he would have maybe been firing back at the press but i think he would have been out there representing the team and the fact that messi kind of was like no sort of screw this i'm going home let this kid take the hit it says a lot about him I, I've usually for a long time stood on the kind of Messi Ronaldo debate on the side of Messi. Um, but in the kind of latter years, the twilight part of their careers in this, it's kind oh, of feeling like movie. it's going the other way. Better book though. God. <laughs> oh, oh my days. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been more leaning towards Ronaldo now. Seeing those half rumors that keep coming out that he might be returning to Man U for like his, final years of sorts it was not dying there but <laughs> playing like, yeah. yeah do you have <laughs> just, just uh i also thought it was interesting i saw zlatan ibrahimovic tweeted this year today um i don't know if you saw but david beckham signed a big deal with ea yeah so that he's the FIFA. Been inc- the, included in fifa he for a 40 million pound deal um to get himself included in in fifa 21 um, and obviously Zlatan and a number of other players have seen this and kind of questioned why they don't get paid to appear in the game. And so Zlatan tweeted out this kind of like, hmm, so uh, not refer- not specifically referencing the Beckham story, but clearly it, this is the only reason why he would be doing it. But like, hmm, uh, I don't remember getting any money from FIFA. I didn't don't remember to consenting having my consenting to having my image and name used in in the video game. How come uh, I've never been given any money? This is going to take some investigation. Which immediately people are like, "Well, you play for AC Milan, who they make who have yeah, the rights, right? It's yeah. Fifth Pro. They have the rights fifth, to you, and then they I, sell them I, to FIFA, right? I think exactly. it's called I think it's called Fifth Pro, isn't it, or something like that? The players. and then even worse, even worse, he was like, "I can't even." Part of his tweet was like, "I can't even remember." Um, like I wasn't aware of the fact that I was in FIFA. It was basically what he did, which is remarkable given the fact that he's yeah. been. Most people wait footballer. for their yeah. Most people wait for their attributes. <laughs> even worse, even worse. There's a 
like a picture of him holding his FIFA card because like they yeah the, his attribute card the, or whatever they do the promotion where they like send them the attribute card so there's like the FIFA 17 picture of Zlatan at the training ground holding his like FIFA attribute card so I mean Zlatan's interesting right and sometimes makes some valid points but this one just seemed a bit dumb by the way that's leading, 40 million his, leading his team this year that, yeah that 40 million deal, like FIFA 21 is already on offer. So it's like you spend 40 million, then cut the game in like 40% like discount. Yeah, I mean, it's, and look, that's, it's remarkable, right? Because that's more than any, I think it's more than any contract he ever signed as a football player. So it's yeah, kind that of, was, I saw that. That's crazy. And he did fundamentally nothing. Oh, that's a little harsh. No, I, no, I, th- I think he means to to be in FIFA now. Not he didn't do anything in his career. I think he means in his career. No, no, no. I mean for this forty million, like yeah. FIFA oh. have turned up and they've said, "Let us just do some, <laughs> you know, animation of you, and we'll do everything else." Yeah, yeah. No, he. I, to me, it kind of blew my mind. I would have assumed because they've had old players in the game for years. And I don't actually play ultimate. I don't play ultimate team, so I don't kind of get exposed to that aspect of the game. But I'd assumed Beckham was in it, to be honest, because I just thought yeah. all recent players were. Have you ever got into it? So I guess you know Frank with Madden or any of the EA ones with like Ultimate Team. Have you ever like got into that? No, no not really. It, it, to me, it just feels like you have to spend money, and I don't want to. Yeah, you. It, You'd it rather lose be. it on the Vikings. <laughs> if it's a choice between losing it on the Vikings <laughs> or spending it the same amount of money on virtual cards that I then Get nothing for. pretend to unbox and they pop up in front of me and then I <laughs> lose to some 12-year-old in Thailand who doesn't even own a pair of shoes... Then yeah, if those I don't are know my, why but, I heard that's parachute. Wait, wait. <laughs> but using that same scenario, he will spend money on gems to build up his civilization in Clash of Clans to still lose to I a twelve-year-old. No, 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 no. Did you ever spend? Like I, I never spent. Oh, Eddie used to spend hundreds, that and then he would say, "Like lie. I'm not spending anything. I just got." Got like a thousand gems. I just found them. No, that was JP. <laughs> don't don't mix up the stories. Don't you? Dare. I'm not mixing up the stories. I never spent any money. The only time I can be accused of kind of spending money is when we did the Christmas gift to each other. So we Aww. each so that, that and way he it wasn't... gifted himself a hundred. <laughs> what did you do? I didn't do. Frank is just making this up. This is. This is, I should be suing you over this. This is fake news at its finest. But actual fake news. Um, but no, I've never done that. But hey, big big for all our football manager listeners right. who are still who disappointed that since that now. interview, we've not covered any football manager. But uh, tomorrow, now. well, at midnight tonight, I think, is released. So when people are listening oh, to yeah. this, it will be, it will be out. What time is it now, Eddie? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. It is. It is yeah, it's true. It is out now. Um, so far, seemingly mixed reviews, but uh, I'll be interested to get get my hands on it, start our file, and see how it goes. Yeah, I 
just to put one there. I know you've got to give them some slack. I mean, you were COVID. Like, they weren't allowed to get out there and do the scouting that you would usually do. And Do, do, do you, though? I don't really understand why. See, to me, the, the, it would have made sense if they'd made no match engine improvements and stuff like that. That aspect of it seems understandable that they were working remotely and didn't have access to certain things. But when it comes to like basic improvements in the game, seeing as this only set in in March, by, and you would imagine that by March, you're already significantly into working on, like I would assume you launch in November, you're immediately onto the new version, right? Like, so you're six months into it by the time you, everything goes remote. And they're all working on computers. It's what the job is. Yeah, but there's, you know, there's other games that have been delayed because of COVID. So you've got to give them... Like yeah, they're, lazy, the they're lazy bastards. Brilliant. Okay. All right. They're releasing Wonder Woman on HBO Max on Christmas Day. So we're all good. That will not be delayed anymore. Which would you rather watch? Wonder Woman on Christmas Day or the NBA lineup of games? Oh, Wonder Woman. With I, That's not even a question. Because <laughs> first off, I, I, I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman. I thought it was good. So I assume this one will also be good. And second of all, I watch five nba games a year anyway so it doesn't matter what well, part so, of it was good the wonder woman movie <laughs> yeah i mean was it the part where they used like a world war ii plane to take down the god of war <laughs> like, what was the, what was the good that was bit? part of it <laughs> yeah, i thought it was well done I, it's way better than any of the other was, dc movies up to that point it was definitely the most so you are on board with an Amazonian woman who would yield a truth of lasso or lasso of truth. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was all okay. But the minute yeah. they took down the God of War with a World War II plane, that's where you cried foul. Oh, no way. Yeah, you can't, like, there's nothing real about an Amazonian lady with a truth lasso. There, at least there was World War II biplanes, <laughs> like complaints. Hey, maybe not. Maybe this is a podcast that doesn't believe World War II ever happened. <laughs> this is part of this is part of us. This is part of us getting our Royal Ascot sponsorship deal. We've got to become Holocaust deniers. Hey Eddie, Lions didn't do much during that time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They had to shut the Lions down. They know the shut the Lions have a truth lasso. And they knew if they'd let the Lions play on Thanksgiving, that post game, one of them would have been like, This war is fake news. So they had to they had to shut them down. They had to cage the lions for five years. I think there was a ton of fake. It's called propaganda in World War II. <laughs> no, fake news sounds better. Just, you know, it sounds so much more sophisticated to call it fake news. Oh, breaking news. U.S. President Donald Trump accepts the formal transition to Joe Biden's White House can finally begin. Oh, I thought you were going to say Engram and Dobbins tested positive for COVID. No, because that's bigger news because they play in two days. <laughs> I mean, is it bigger news <laughs> for this podcast? Yes. <laughs> well, we know our election special got some good traction. So we know we got some yeah. political political lovers out there. So that I'm sure those people won't see that news between now and when they listen to the podcast. And then they'll wait till the end of the podcast to check the news. And now they'll know <laughs> Donald Trump looks like he's actually leaving the White House. Got a, I like that's a tradition, right? That they save a turkey on 
Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, pardon, pardon to Turkey. <laughs> you save you it. pardon. Oh, well, isn't, no, isn't, save, what, what's the difference? It, saving it <laughs> Because either. saving, I imagine he like runs out into the field and like <laughs> tackles the one turkey as he's really close to having his head chopped off and like runs away with it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like reliant on the president like outsmarting the hunter. Otherwise, the turkey still dies. <laughs> The hunter being a a robot that collects just, turkey. I've just got this idea off. now of like the White House Lord just turning into some like version of Jumanji with the hunter. <laughs> no, it's like they they turn they they make a huge maze in the back, and then they drop the turkey, the hunter, and the president into the maze. And <laughs> why do they drop him in? <laughs> well, because otherwise they might put the turkey. They gotta put the turkey in the middle. It's it's not gonna know what it's doing, right? So you can't just put it in front of the entrance to the 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 maze and hope that it keeps going deeper into the maze. I honestly think this is a TV program, like a top-down view of the labyrinth and just watching a hunter, the current sitting president of the United States and a turkey, and just seeing what happens <laughs> for like 24 hours. Wait, 24 hours? Why would it take that long? How big is this maze? It's a big maze. It's huge. It's I mean, put it this way. It's I think the if biggest you, maze I've ever seen. I think if you did this, it would have more viewers than the three Thursday the three Thursday football games combined. Okay. Now, does the hunter, does he have deadly weapons or like tranks? He's he's like the hunter in Jumanji. So he's in so the old fashioned he's in the old fashioned safari garb. And then he has like that musket that has the But those are real bullets, huge, they're not tranquilizing. Oh, what, like blunt, what like a blunderbuss kind of exactly. thing where he's got to load it with gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, See yeah. that never made sense to me. But... And the president is unarmed. Oh. He can call him one drone. Like <laughs> it just rain hell. What's the turkey got? Nothing. Wow. Turkey's got one chance to live. That's what he's got. And it's dependent upon the president. What if I told you one turkey, one president, one hunter could change the shape of sports landscape on Thanksgiving Day? Stay as handicap. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins in a race? Donald Trump, a turkey, or the hunter from Jumanji? I actually... <laughs> but wait, but the hunter has to carry the elephant gun and he's dressed in his attire. Uh, the hunter. I mean, the fact I have... The thought of Donald Trump Okay, running, who gets second? Who gets second? The, the turkey. The turkey. You're <laughs> right, Sam. I can't picture Donald Trump running. Like, I can't actually picture his body making the movements to run i could picture joe biden because he did that strange thing when he took the stage after he said that he had won the presidency and did like a 10 second jog down the stage and then just stopped and walked the rest I, I, no i could see i can picture joe biden um i think it's a coolness thing i think but, i can picture every president apart from donald trump running apart, whoa you, whoa whoa fdr george washington <laughs> i can picture fdr pre-polio yeah oh okay oh good that you clarified that because a part of me thought that you were going to say post-polio <laughs> i would be less surprised if there were footage came out of fdr running in 1943 
then footage came out of like Donald Trump going for a jog. Have you seen that family guy where they've got FDR and he's like on the puppet strings as he's been moved along the stage? All right, how about this? Who wins a race, Trump or Merkel? I can see Merkel running. Yeah, and Merkel. therefore Merkel wins. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is with Donald Trump, I feel like his arms would be doing like a shuffle, like rather than an actual run, there'd be more like a weird... Like, Plus he, even when he stands, he kind of like leans in this. He doesn't look like he has good balance. So the idea of making himself run, I could just see himself, I could see oh, him fall over. God forbid it's an incline. Forget it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whereas Merkel, you could tell me she like goes for a run like yeah. four she's times a, a week. She's an efficient runner. She's German. Super efficient. <laughs> good form. <laughs> exactly. Does if when Merkel runs, does she do the the pointed finger run or does she clench like in a fist? Pointed finger, <laughs> for sure. Pointed finger. Yeah, she's focused. And then and she she, she's dead on focus. But she keeps her left arm kind of down, and then she just swings her right arm pointed up really high in rapid motion. Oh, oh boy. Oh no. Well, on that on that racist <laughs> note, I think we call it a day. All right, boys. I'll talk to you later. See you. Really?